Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 416's After Show. It's official. It's the After Show. Here we are. In the after show. Time to get relaxed. Yeah. So the after show, if somehow you're new here, <laughs> can be disco related or or more likely some of our live chatters have submitted some few uh, a few conversation pieces or topics that they would like us to either answer or expand upon, or sometimes it can just somewhat get off the rails into uh, anything that comes to mind for Johnny V or myself. So if you got sweet after show topics that you want to bring, feel free. Ray brought up one during the show. Okay. How come Ledgestone gets to be a elite series event when there are nine holes we can't cover mm. as, a, and we look at some of the other events like masters cup and beaver state they don't get to be elite series events. Mm. Okay. Uh, fair. I think fair it's a question. Fair question. You want me to answer? You or I don't care. So you or I, I mean, there's a lot of problem. There's probably a lot of reasons. One, Nate Heinold. He raises a lot of money. His, uh, his event has the biggest purse. Um, he is a longtime member of the, Elite Series events and Disc Golf Pro Tour. We have two courses, so thirty-six holes, and only and only. I'm going to throw that in quotes. Nine of them can't be covered, and things are getting better. We actually had a lot uh, when the nine holes were not being covered. We did have a camera live on them, so we could watch them from the control room. And for the most part, some of them were okay. There were, I would say, two holes, maybe three. That were virtually uncoverable. 
just because of how deep they get into the woods and how low it gets. Um, and so it's it just wouldn't work for those particular holes. Why isn't Beaver State Fling and Masters Cup on the Elite Series? That I don't know. Um, Masters Cup is difficult to cover. So it's, you know, and again, things change every year. Next year we could go out and do tests and, oh, look, they put up a new tower and things could work out. But not being able to cover any holes or even a third of them kind of eliminates you from your from being that. And that's the way Masters Cup has been. Beaver State Fling this this past year we were we were able to cover a handful the whole course, round. the whole course the on whole one round. side, one yeah. side of the course, basically the or, west yeah, course, one I of the two courses. Yeah, I think the east course was not coverable. So um that's kind of what it breaks down to. I mean, ultimately, we would love nothing more at legend. Well, let me we're gonna get real here, folks. From the control room's perspective, we would love nothing more than to never cover Northwood again. Ever. Not, Specifically because. Not, not once, ever, not one single hole on that course because it's a five and a half hour round of backups. That's why. That's from the control room perspective. It's a great course. It is an elite course. It is a difficult course. Players like it. Control room hates it. It's hiking up and down uh, these giant uh, you know, up and down these hills and in the woods, and it's usually hot and muggy. And our, our cameramen, it's difficult to cover because players go all over that course. They kick to every single direction. So even if you had three cameras on every player, I still think you would miss shots because of just how difficult it is live. Um, so it's from a control room perspective, I would love it if we never set foot on that course again. <laughs> and there's some of it we can't cover. If I was a player, I would be upset if that if that course wasn't on the tour because i think it's a it's a very good course that challenges almost every aspect of your game physically mentally and skill wise so i'm going to throw both of those things out um but yeah that's what it comes down to it comes down to a lot of nate heinold i think being a, being a huge supporter of the tour from day one being a huge fundraiser on the tour for charity Having some great courses out there, the players like them. I, I don't know about Eureka personally; it, it it plays pretty well, covers pretty well. I don't know what the players really think about it because I haven't really talked to them. But everyone seems to talk to them about Northwood Black, and a lot of players say they love it. So I I don't know the good answer to that, Ray, I, or I don't have an exact answer to that. Yeah, and I, I can't really add too much more to it. That's it's, right. It's I'm one of so smart. the most revered and now liked courses for from a competitor standpoint. So to not have it as part of the event almost seems absurd. However, it does feel uh, weird that we... Um, it doesn't feel weird. That's not the right word. It's it's just unfortunate that the cover the cellular lack of cellular service is what prevents us from being there. Now maybe other alternatives will be discovered. Maybe there you know are ways that a lot more money could be spent to potentially get uh, more extensive coverage on that course. It's uh, <laughs> you know I, I I often think about it in terms of just great courses in general when you think about where you're going to find the best course and the best or the best property for a course. 
usually going to be outside of town, off the beaten path. I mean, you know, you you could say that about most private facilities. And although Morton is not private, but it's outside of Peoria, it's a little bit off the beaten path, and it just happens to be in a place where the cellular signal is terrible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it does bring up a much bigger overarching question of what's re- what's required of being on a course on the tour you know the the disc golf pro tour from day one thankfully for johnny and i has been all about live and that was something that set the disc golf pro tour apart from the national tour or really any other big events that were taking place is that there was essentially a guarantee of live coverage and let me let me say this if it came down to it and we've had this discussion if the pro tour said hey guys there is a phenomenal A1 five-star event that it can't be covered live. What do you guys think? I would 100% say make it on the tour. Are they great fundraisers? Yeah. Like, personally, yes. I think that the quality of the course is more important than the live coverage because we have other ways to cover. We can, we can do post-production and such like that, but that is not how the tour has been established and built and let and look back i know a lot of people complain that like the sport feels like it's going to a more ball golf friendly wide open good cellular spectator friendly that that might be true i don't think it's really shifted that much but i mean the pro tour is responsible for some huge growth in the sport not all of it but a lot of it is focused on our pro players and the interest level that they have. And I think it's helped out, you know, as well as pandemic and this and that, as well as post-production, all that stuff helps out. So whatever the pros tour is doing right now, it's working. And so I trust them. They, They had the vision of, you know, they gave away free final day live, which people thought was nuts. People thought it should be reversed. That should be the one day it should be behind pay per view. And they're making great decisions right now. That could change in a heartbeat. We could all, they could make a decision tomorrow. We could all turn around and be like, what are you thinking? But much like I said always about Steve Dodge, I trust the guy because he has really good ideas. And I always like Steve Dodge as a person. So that, that helped out quite a bit. So that's a hill. That is a hill to die on. Trust me. And Steve Dodge knows it. Um, <laughs> So just to follow that up, uh, well, a couple of things. One, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the amount of restraint, and and I will pat myself on the back for this. How I managed to not go off on everyone. I I started to wonder if we have a reading problem in our country, <laughs> and then I thought, no, that's not fair. And I'm not. I'm and clearly I'm not attacking anyone that that is truly illiterate. But then I was going to revamp that to say, okay, we have clearly a comprehension problem, and I'm not ripping on anyone that has that has any form of of learning disability or skillful disability or or learned skill disability. But the amount of times and places that it was posted and published and announced and and blasted out there, the game plan for the coverage in terms of coming in roughly at hole ten. Like, 
we we talked about it on the podcast last week. We it's so people. But here, I've said this before as well. The Pro Tour has a communication problem because you whatever they post on social media, as far as information, I don't want every picture on there. As far as information should be fed to the website. I should be able to go to the Pro Tour website and look at a feed of information that tells me. I want to be able to go to the, the website and go, who is, who's our feature cards this week? I know there's a schedule as far as when it starts, but that doesn't tell me what hole they're starting on. And not that you have to assume, because, hey, guess what? It's starting at 9.30 versus 11. They must be coming in at 9. But... And maybe they had it for this because I, I didn't I haven't looked at the Pro Tour website in probably two to three weeks. Maybe there was an informational shout out on the web page, but I do feel that the Pro Tour has some communication issue when it comes to putting information on the website. They blast it all over social media, every social media you can imagine. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, MySpace, Tinder, Grinder. It's they're all over. I know the Pro Tour. They're everywhere. And I know where you are. <laughs> um, but I do feel like there's a slight lack sometimes on the actual website. Like, I don't know. I I, I and, see I see a an article. Ledgestone kicks off final push to worlds. You click on the article. It then br- it brings you to the PDGA, but it's still the click from that page sure. where it goes on to say, uh, I'll read verbatim. Yep. There will be two broadcast times for each division this weekend due to cell signal issues on the front nine at Northwood. And this is Coverage good. Coverage will begin two hours late on those days, beginning with the high. I, the problem is people I, just don't want I, to read. Correct. I give them props for this because it's not all, this has not always been the case because there have been times I've looked. So huge props to the Pro Tour for putting that out there and, and, and easy to find. The problem is some people, as dumb as it is, don't know where to look. And that's on them. Like that... If I was looking for Pro Tour information, I would go to the Pro Tour site. But as I said, sometimes I've gone there and there hasn't been information. I've had to dig up old, like, oh, like, whoa, did they post that on Facebook or was that on Instagram where I saw that information? Like, I've had to do that in the past. I understand that. But, but I also. But for this, mad props to the Pro not Tour for far having off there. from me feeling like at one point this weekend, I felt like I could fly to every subscriber's house, knock on their front door well, and say, yeah, that's hey, pretty- it's starting late due to poor cell signal. And I swear three seconds later, it'd be like, oh, what time is it on? (laughs) Like, I I get it. I I get it. I understand. And I know I get this, too. I'm very much in the know. I'm an insider here. I I understand that as well. But by golly, there is some Mm -hmm. comprehension problems out there that I just and it's truly no different than what we faced for many years when you're in the middle of the, the FPO broadcast and it's when does MPO start? And like, that's kind of the running, almost a running joke of like, let's ask that question 600 times when it's also posted in like 300 places. You can always, and this is another thing I love the pro tour, about. as much as people complain about when it starts, their schedule on the, on the website will tell you start times every single event. Probably every day, even what time the event starts at, whether because usually for FPO, it's 9 or 9.30. For MPO, it's either 3 or 3.30 local time. But it can vary. You know, at one point, I think we had to start at 9.15 one morning for some reason. But yes, the Pro Tours website for the schedule has been phenomenal. All right. At any rate, um, 
yes, this this is generally an anomaly, this event. Is there going to be changes, provisions, uh, new scenario next year that, that's above our pay grade? We can't answer that question. But uh, regardless of what's happening, we'll do our best to make sure that everybody knows. Now, a few people have asked why they... Why do we not just sit on hole 10 mm. and watch every group come through, you oh. know, spread the love, whatever you want to call it, even though I, I'm pretty certain the first thing you'd see How posted 300 times would be, why are we watching just hole 10? <laughs> like, I, 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 I hate to get worked up, but I know that's the first, like, 200 well, comments. Why are we watching any other division? Kelvin Heimberg, six under through seven. Why aren't we on hole seven watching Kelvin Heimberg right now? There, there are other logistical. Sometimes you can't win. Oh no, maybe no, that's no. what I'm saying. No, you can't. If if you do something, somebody will complain about it and find a reason. So, but here's what I'll say about the other logistics for Ledgestone, which make things difficult. Um, when Northwood is played in the afternoon, and your morning round is sunset, it's what a 45 minute drive between the two of them, roughly. So not only do you have to get the 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 when the round ends at 1:30. For women, you need to get all of your stuff packed up. I'm just talking production-wise. All of this stuff packed up in the in the van. The van has to drive all the way over to, to the event, 45 minutes. The guys have to have a break to eat and refresh. Uh, batteries need... I mean, I think we're pretty much past most time batteries needing to be charged. I think we have enough of them, but they are. They're plugged in. They're charged. Everything. Like, if you started at 3.30, you're, you're barely scraping by. Yeah. So in general, like it can be done, but it's not ideal. So it, I mean, none of the, none of the people on site complained about having to start later. <laughs> it gave them extra time to get that stuff in. But that, that's also a logistical issue is that it's, we've seen that we had that issue before the pro before um, the, the most recent iteration of the pro tour with all the camera guys having to have that issue when it was just a small crew. It's extremely difficult because some of those courses are very spread out. So there's also that logistics issue of of getting everybody on site, getting them where they need to be, getting them started. Why don't we just show another group on through hole 10, like start nine through 18 and then wrap back around to nine or something? I don't know. It just it. It doesn't. Again, there's people involved and people need breaks and this and that. It's not like they get to, you know, sometimes when the women finish at one thirty and the guys just have lunch on site because someone Someone ordered in lunch. They can sit and eat and relax and take a break. They don't have to move anything. Everyone, everything sits there, and then they can get back out there. It's it's not easy. It's not an easy job, and I do not envy them. So ultimately, who knows what we'll see next year? But keep going. Um, so Ray says much better lighting tonight, Johnny. Uh, you look better. Here's what I'm going to say about the lighting. I'm still a little Simpsony yellow, but whatever. Uh, Part of it is my shirt. It's blue and not black. So the, the color in this in this webcam helps out. Part of it is Terry because now it has something else to color adjust to other than just my pasty face because um, the lights are a touch brighter and it's the same blue light over my head that helps out quite a bit. So the, honestly, the lights are almost no different than they were last week. It, it's just a situational when Terry's in there, like I said, if I do this, I cover up two lights and I'm not even covering them up. I'm literally like two feet away from them. You know, color gets a little bit better and it brightens up a little bit, but eh, 
I mean, it's it's re- honestly it's very it's very much the webcam and the the mediocre uh, lens and stuff that's in it. It's a good webcam. It's just webcams in general are kind of mediocre. And we need a better background. I've been saying it for a long time. I'm working on and when I say I'm working on it, I mean it's in on the list of things I'm going to be working on sometime. <laughs> so if if we're lucky, that's, when he says working on spring. it, that's not active. Um, that's not active working on it. That's like planning. That's just that, mentioning it every that, that's few months. Me- that's mentioning it that I'm going to be doing it because I've got other things in front of that that need to be done. So uh, yeah, so skin color and clothing changes make a huge difference. That's right. I just need to not wear a black shirt because, like I said, I'm already super white. Like white, white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like. Uh, David John says the disc golf network does not work like YouTube, and I can only get one subject. Only one subject instead of everything. Living abroad. If I pause, the late stream ends. Yeah, you're right. It's not thirty a, minutes. Yeah, it's not entirely like the way a live stream works on YouTube. We understand that. Um, it's just the platform right now. Tech talk with Johnny here. Um, you now spread the word. Thirty minutes. That's as far as behind as you buffer can be. That will build up to thirty no, minutes. We are uh, we are keeping the broadcast active for thirty minutes after the show ends. So the last putt drops. We have about ten to fifteen minutes of of OTB stuff, mm-hmm. OTB after show, and then we keep it going for thirty minutes. At 30 minutes, we cut the show. When we cut the show, as everybody knows, your stream ends. So if you're further behind than that, I would say, I want to say 30 minutes. 30 minutes will get you to the end of the show. 45 might get you to the last putt. Mm. So do not get further behind than about 30 minutes or you run the risk of being cut off. This is new as of Ledgestone that we've been trying this. So it was suggested to us on YouTube and the first thing or on, on Reddit the first thing I said was, cool, I can't wait for the guy who's 40 minutes behind to complain. And Mo just said, this is going to help a non-zero number of people. Let's do it. And it doesn't hurt us. There's nothing There, there there's, uh, there's nothing that's... There's that, nothing? There's no... So you extending that and then ending it after 30 minutes, doesn't that then delay the overall render it, of that back nine? It will delay. So we do separate streams we do a live stream which it will delay the rendering of the live stream the full live stream but we also do what we call chunks so we we have a front nine and a back nine chunk that are separate broadcasts so we stop those and those can begin transcoding immediately but the full live broadcast from 1 to 18 with no break that will be delayed, but the break one we have from one to nine, then ish nine ish. Sometimes we do ten, sometimes we do eleven. Depends if we remember. Sometimes we forget. Um, and then from ten to eighteen, live broadcast. Those will start transcoding immediately. But all I'm going to say, spread the word. Thirty minutes. If anyone complains about that, shove it in their face and say you have now have thirty minutes. And this might. Um. Tosi's going to be mad at me because I'm spilling some beans. This might not be a problem next year. We are researching. When I say we, I have nothing to do with this. The, the other people are doing this. Researching options, whether that's a different provider, whether that's a different system with Restream, or not Restream, I'm sorry, Vimeo, this and that. There are other things. The Pro Tour is always looking to improve. And it might cost more money, but they understand. And I guarantee you, there'll be different problems. 
because no system is perfect. So we'll get on a new system next year or the year after the year after. And suddenly the greens won't be as green and people will complain about it. Or it'll make Terry look 50 pounds lighter and everyone will be like, hey. Yes, he that boy works out. That boy works out. Suddenly, it will, we're going to be able to tra- <laughs> transpose Terry's head on Ezra's body, and mm. everyone's going to be happy. Gonna be like, that makes sense. Like, wow, that's clearly right. I mean, look at that guy's... That's, that's, How's it been so wrong for so many years? I don't understand how this works. Um, but yes, they're always looking at other options. So we are not 100% tied to Vimeo, but if, if that's the best option, if we look at all the solutions, they may stay there. They may move. I don't know. So just know that the research is out there. Um, Ray brought up a question earlier today or earlier in the show that said um, the live broadcast has a hundred thousand views. The Jomez broadcast of the lead card has 150,000 for the front and back is live slowly pushing out post-production. I don't think there's exact words, but no, but close. No, or becoming the becoming the preferred method. Uh, poll ten people and you'll get nine different answers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and there's. I'm not even going to get too far into this. Other than there's going to be people that will never watch live, and that's great. That's fine. I'm not mad at you. There will be people that will never watch post. It's great. I ain't mad at you. I don't care. Um, there's, there's people that watch some and then go back and watch post, whether it's cause they like the commentary, they like certain graphics, they, uh, they feel like there's something that was missed or they, they just really want to rewatch it again, but in a, in a shorter capacity, that's fine too. I, I think you're going to continue to see live become more and more popular and it will, we, will we ever get rid of post production? No. The answer is no. No. And I can't say that enough. Um, I think it's always going to have a value. Now, will people find less value in it? That's possible. I do think that live is eating now, finally eating into post-production views. It quite possibly could. Yeah. I, I don't think it's huge amounts, but I do believe that with the product that the pro tour is putting out, that it is definitely eating into some of post-production Certainly. Um, lead card because everybody knows that if you want the whole story, you go to live. If you want the lead card story, you go to, you know, if you just want the lead card and post-production, a better video quality, tighter um, uh, times, you you go to post-production. Yeah, and, and you know, Mike Jewell makes a great point. There's going to be players who... When looking for something in particular, whether it's to learn what Macbeth threw on hole nine, because they're super concerned about that and somehow think that's going to help their game. Maybe it will. It won't. But let's say it does. You you want that or you want to know how a course plays. You're going to play uh, Northwood Black next week because that's where there's a high high school reunion or uh, your family reunion. In that area, and you can sneak away for nine hours <laughs> to go get around it at Northwood Black, and you're like, hey, I want to go play that course. And you're like, I don't know, should I play Northwood Black from the shorts and shoot 100 over, or should I play Northwood Black from the longs and shoot 200 over? Whatever the case <laughs> might be, Northwood Black is a tough course. So there's there's tons of applications for why you will always continue to see post. 
as someone who also produces posts, which is a great segue here in a moment, um, it's always going to be there and it's always going to be relevant and great. Will we find more people consuming live? Let, as you just said, when you're looking for a more complete story, you're going to get one in live. And that, that might be just a lot that, that could be literally any round. And mm-hmm. what we mean by that is clearly if, if, the lead card is doing their thing, but there's three other people lighting it up on chase or third card during that final round. Next thing you know, we're watching more action from other cards, depending on how close it is. Like you're going to get more shots per uh, broadcast and per minute when you're watching that. And you're going to get a greater variety other than just the four players. You're going to lose some other things, but you're going to gain more variety. That's that's a guarantee. You because <laughs> we're gonna always show the lead card action, but then we're gonna probably show more in addition to that. Yeah, I mean rarely, unless if, the lead card if, has fully separated themselves and there's really no if, likely chance. No, I was saying if if for instance it was a pretty tight round a pretty tight round final round, and normally the way the camera works is traditionally three cameras on lead card, two on chase, one as a roaming camera that can go to whoever's not on one of those cards shooting hot or well to for for filler material if the chase card took off and and the lead card was lagging let's say there's only one player on the lead card that's still in contention because everybody else is like is, is is chundering i believe is the term that was used this weekend um we would push cards off of that lead card right to the chase in a heartbeat we would sure we would go <laughs> One or two on on lead, three on chase. Because we don't care about the cards, honestly. I, if I'll tell you what, uh, if if Gannon Burr is suddenly fifteen over par on the lead card, we would do everything in our power to not show him, unless he had a phenomenal shot. Now in disc golf, it's tough because the way that the uh, uh, the tees are, people get up and come on right away. But you'll see it all the time. If we're on another card, a player will throw start to walk off another player will walk on and we'll cut the shot done we've done that on lead card we've skipped shots on lead card because someone just doesn't matter anymore congratulations you're five off the lead um after five holes you, you if we can not show an approach or sometimes if although it's rare not show your their drive we'll do it our goal isn't to show every shot our goal is to show every relevant shot so that's that's kind of the mentality that we have. And I think everyone here knows that because we've talked about it before. Yeah. And someone else brought up a point on the Internet, on the Facebooks the other day saying, hey, I, I really wish we would have seen more from so and so. And, you know, uh, person X is lighting it up and they're on the sixth card. If it's the last round and unless they're making a legitimate push for the win. Mm. Uh, which podium. is still even tough or maybe podium Push for podium is kind of, what and they're having that. a record setting round. I you think of maybe Macbeth champions cup kind of thing like then maybe, but when someone's still nine strokes off the pace and doesn't have a really legitimate chance, there's you, it's, it doesn't make sense, especially on the final day, I should say to then pull a resource from the lead card to then go follow person X having the round of their life, which is awesome for them. But unfortunately, if they have no chance to find the podium or to even, or 
excuse me, or to win, that's not going to be part of our story. And you're, the problem is you're the biggest fan of person X or person X is your niece or nephew or uncle or, or godmother, I, whatever. I, I get that you want to see them, but that's just not how this works. Discluster says hot take post-production needs to stop showing putts inside 20 feet and needs to show more than one card. Um, that's tough. Now, if you ask post-production, I'm sure they would love it if they could show more than one card. Jomez has done that. They've paid for uh, footage from Gatekeeper, and they've kind of done a check-in on the on the second card. But these, these teams all have rights to their individual cards. So it doesn't necessarily advantage Gatekeeper to give Jomez footage, just like it wouldn't necessarily. If the second card all made a run, like I said, and the first card only had one player that was in contention... Uh, it uh, does it advantage Jomez to give their footage to sell their footage to Gatekeeper? It would depends on the price. So to show more than one card is difficult, and it's honestly in post production. I think it's more difficult storytelling than it is live. Far more. It's like to to, to weave that in more likely. Now you can Jomez has done a good job of doing some of their check ins with with some of the shots, and I think it can be done. We just haven't seen a haven't seen a great effort in it yet. Now, cutting out 20-foot putts, I don't agree with that. I think that's a little far. 10-foot in. I think we've all kind of, in the in the production room, you'll see us now more and more just cut away from tap-ins. Anything, it, like, 10 feet and in now, we're all kind of just saying, cool, let's move on. Let's get the next shot in. I don't need to see Maddie, Maddie O put in a 10-foot. As entertaining as Maddie O is, when he, when he says, hail Saban, and gives the, the first down marker after he puts in a 10-footer, Unless it's a like a cool birdie putt, like someone had just had an amazing shot, and we want to kind of complete that feeling. If there's like three three putts around ten feet, and we have something else to show, we're just gonna cut out. Now, if someone we haven't been burned by it yet with someone like dinking or doinking a ten footer, it's going to happen, and then we'll have to go back and show like, oh my gosh, look what happened here. So and so lost a stroke because we cut away. It'll happen at some point. Um. But these guys, these ten footers, they're I mean, they're automatic. They're 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 liter- almost they're almost as guaranteed as a two footer. So we're we're doing our best now to start cutting out uh tap ins to go to other things. So uh, right. Uh so I wanna quickly touch on some post production. I've kinda hinted about these things and probably all but said it, if not directly. So I quickly do want to say uh, I've teamed up with a couple of other guys that are going to help out in this scenario. But this weekend, Friday through Sunday, the 19th through the 21st, the Capital Disc Open presented by Discraft and Upper Park will be covered and assembled and put together and then released on the Disc Golf Guy channel. So uh, super excited to work with Capital Dis and with Jeremy and the crew over there, but it will be covered. I will not physically be there. I will be in Bend, Oregon doing commentary along with Nate, Nate and Val, but the Capital Dis Open will be covered this weekend. I think they've already put together a feature card for the first round, but there's also going to be a skins match that takes place on Thursday and then one round Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's an A tier. Uh, no, it's, I'm sorry. It's a B tier uh, with a ton of added cash, all these great sponsors, lots of good stuff uh, that's taking part in uh, in New York. So I just wanted everybody to know that that's happening. Originally, they had planned for it to be a few weeks later, I think right after uh, the MVP weekend, 
but due to some scheduling conflicts, they switched it. Lost a little bit of their star power uh, in terms of the players, but they still have like 230 or something like that. Uh, a ton of players, including 74 open players. So we will be getting that covered. So I wanted to make sure everybody knows about that. And also, yes, the weekend after Worlds, well, Terror Bear here will uh, be in Sweden. And um, I'm excited to cover an event there. It's on the Swedish Pro Tour. Uh, it's been something that's been in the works, and I've kind of hinted at it as well for a number of uh, months now, but super excited to be there. So sh- almost directly after the World Championships, I'm going to be heading to Sweden uh, to help with some post-production coverage there. So Rough. Uh, Must be rough. <laughs> it will be, actually. Um you know, ten hours in a plane, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's not easy. And then adjusting to light and the the temperatures Aww. and all of that stuff. I mean, do you think I'm just on on holiday when I go there? Is that what you? Not think? at all. I think you do a lot of work when you're there. <laughs> I'm saying that um, e- even if you're doing a ton of work, it's still a good trip. There, it's. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm it, hoping it is. It's. It's. I've never heard you come back from overseas and say, man, I did not have fun. Uh, That is is squarely on me. I find fun wherever I go. (laughs) By golly, I do. 100%. Some of you can attest to that. I have been (laughs) in a company of a lot of that fun. I do not feel any sympathy for you. Uh, Okay, you don't have to. And nobody should. Um, You do a lot of good work and and you do hard work and you accomplish a lot of stuff. And you have fun. So there's zero sympathy here. Yeah. So looking forward to it. Uh, Tim Clark says you need an uh, assistant to travel to Sweden. Ooh. That's I, I've had a few offers, Tim. Um, but uh, it looks like I'm going solo at this route. Uh, at this route. All right. Let's read a few more things off the board. So anyway, those are a couple of post-production things. So as I just got done saying, post-production clearly is going to continue to be a uh, a very le- legitimate vehicle and asset and tool and resource. It's not going anywhere. Uh, I think it's going to grow and expand. In fact, it's just going to be a matter of when live is available. I think some people are going to consume things that way as well or instead. Zero Strings asks, how many screens in the control room show camera guys jogging to the next position? Uh, it has to be hard to ignore and observe at once. It's easy to ignore. Mm. Um, yeah, when you see a camera shaking everywhere, the last thing you really want to do is look focus at on it. it. Yeah. Um, but I will say, thankfully, I don't see a lot of the cameramen jogging because we're we're pretty well timed. I have become, I feel, and my cameraman will start going to hate me. Um, I feel like I'm very good at releasing camera two, which is our catch cam, in plenty of time to get to their next position. That is almost my number one focus when we're walking down the fairway is... How can I get a camera in position to replace that guy so he can go to the next hole? And sometimes it burns me a little bit because the camera guy, camera, camera two will be like, dude, I have like a four foot walk to the next hole. They'll lead, they have to double back and go so I can stay here after I've already made this plan in my head. Like, OK, if I can get camera three over to this position and then camera two, get him stationary and then one can walk around so two can leave. Because I don't want the cameraman to run. That's the last thing I want. They hate running. They've got a ton of gear on them. It's not easy. The last thing you want to hear, you know, when we cut to camera two, is a camera guy huffing and puffing. And so I, I, I try to make that a very, that is almost my number one goal, is when I'm thinking of how can I release camera two as quickly as possible, usually, um, and still maintain a good broadcast. 
So uh, I don't see a lot of jogging. There is a lot of walking for sure. Um, we do have one cameraman who likes to run other than Mo. Mo loves to run in general. And I told I, I almost yelled at him. I'm like, dude, stop running. A, you make me feel bad. And he's like, oh, I don't mind running. I'm like, no, you make me feel bad. Like I made you late, even though you've got plenty of time to get there. And second of all, I don't want a guy falling and breaking our stuff. So, you know, that, or his face. No, I just, if it breaks his face. I don't care. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, we just don't want guys running. Is that, that it hurts their it, it could hurt the equipment it could hurt them this and that so um, ultimately I don't see a lot of running uh, it does happen I do screw up usually like once a round or once a once a tournament maybe where I don't get a guy out in time or it's an awkward par three where all the like for whatever reason you know we've got some like they're chunking up the fairway and our cameras can't get ahead and so the camera guy in the in the catch position is stuck there until I can get a camera up there but. If it's heavily wooded, people are trying to get up there. and You just can't get a camera ahead of everybody because we don't want to make the players wait while a cameraman walks down the fairway. And occasionally, I'm, the camera has to run. And I hate it. I feel bad. But I also think that's that's part of the job once in a great while. But hopefully very little. Very little. Okay. Uh, Ray had also asked, do you have backup and redundancy for Mo and Gary Oshaw, blah, blah, blah. Johnny's trained some people. Uh, short answer to that is yes. Uh, uh, almost every single job that is done within the disc golf network, the entire network of of uh, cameras and, and various camera operators. I mean, at some point we have multiple drone, drone operators. We've got multiple gimbal operators. We, we, they do such a phenomenal job of really cross training everyone yeah. so that if somebody you could be catch for lead MPO and the very next round, you might be uh, throw for third feature card of FPO or whatever. Uh, so everybody's really really become cross-trained you might have your preferences or kind of your your norms but everybody has i I cannot say it enough how impressive it's been that uh so many people have uh this cross-training and then even within the control room that's been something that's been a a significant focus over the last couple of years in that there's now multiple people that could do various parts so if somebody got hit by a bus which is always my favorite one to go to but if somebody got hit by a bus uh there would be somebody else that could likely step in and fulfill any role i mean there there are people that are the best at their job gary is the best at running replay he just is. He's done it. He's very quick. He understands. But Gary can also d- now do directing. He can he can easily do graphics. Graphics is kind of the the beginner, the easiest job in the Pro Tour because the buttons are mostly laid out. You have to push a button when you see a player. The hardest part about graphics is knowing all the players. Like you know, it's it's easier yeah. to train someone how to do the graphics than it, uh, than teach them all the players. So um, graphics is usually where where someone comes in, kind of gets that under control. And then they go to replay and do that. And Gary usually is very good at training them. We start them off on Silver Series. It's, you know, a little bit slower. Mo, uh, the producer, is... We've done other producers. Silver Series are being produced by other people now. Tosi, who is our AD, um, he does a lot of the audio stuff. He balances cameras a little bit more. Um, I still do a little bit of that as well. But he also takes care of all of the um, assets, as we call them. All the, the you know, the screens... The graphics that not the graphics those are like the little bugs that's one guy but graphics as in the full screens and the scenics and um the 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 rollouts the course close-ups things like that is is tosi tosi can do mo's job mo can do that job the only job mo hasn't done is directing yet 
Um, but I, I honestly, I would love to see him do it one time. And um, I don't want to do any other job. Mm. <laughs> I could do graphics. I might be able to do replay. It would take me a while for replay because replay is very tough. Like I, I do not envy anyone stepping into that replay position because you have to be watching a lot of cameras, marking a lot of shots and being ready for when Mo suddenly says, oh, God, I didn't realize that Paul McBeth was 20 feet from this from this uh, basket. Go back and get the drive and you maybe didn't mark it. So now you mm. need to dig back through your your footage and scrub and scrape. and like, OK, I, I, and Mo wants it literally in seconds. So I don't envy that. Um, I don't ever want to do replay if I don't have to. <laughs> But we, a lot of people can do a lot of people jobs. I think we're very cross, as Terry said, cross trained. I don't the right now. I would say the only thing that I do that can't be replaced is literally the physical building of the devices, the servers. Like if we've got we've got some big plans coming up for the end of the season, um, so stay tuned for announcements on that. But when I have to build more servers, someone's like, "Oh, we need another replay machine because we're training somebody," or Let's build this thing, this thing right here. I, I'm the only one right now that can really do that. Speaking of which, I need to do that tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Okay, another question that had come in was uh, asking about, uh, Terry, what were you doing for Nate this weekend? We saw you several times on the coverage, but you never ha- ever gave us a, a wave or a word. That's not uh, true. I think I, saw, I think I saw a thumbs up from you once. Yeah, I may have made some silly faces. But uh, yeah, this weekend was really unique, and I, I definitely explained it a number of times because it was so unique. Just in that, and, and I think I discussed it last week too, but... Uh, yeah, I I was hired and directly contracted to work with the Ledgestone Open event uh, with Nate Heinold and with the rest of the crew. I had mentioned earlier something about 85 staff members. I, I was technically one of those, although I never did get my shirt or my shoes, Nate. Uh, but Me neither, I was Nate. on staff. Well, you weren't on staff. I was on Me staff neither, Nate. and contracted by Nate. Um, as I tell almost everyone, I am for what, 30-ish weekends a year, contracted by Disc Golf Network to do various live things, whether like this weekend I go to uh, I go to Bend, Oregon, where I'm uh, playing uh, host of the, of the broadcast for all three days, similar to what Ian Anderson does, or I'm on-site doing similar to what Brian Earhart did this last weekend, where I'm helping run the press conference, and then also uh, on-course commentary and sideline reporting. Usually that's what I'm doing for 30-ish weekends or so out of the year, whatever the number is. When I'm not doing that, I'm often working for myself and running post-production for the Disc Golf Guy channel. Usually, like 98% of the time, it's one of those two things, or maybe I'm helping run a tournament or or something else. But media-wise, it's one of those two things. This weekend is that 2% is that unique scenario where I wasn't doing either of those things. I was working directly for Nate as part of the Ledgestone event crew. And you may say, well, why is that? That seems odd. Maybe a little bit, except for there's a longstanding history. Johnny and I, uh, as Smashbox and myself as the disc golf guy, had worked with Nate for a number of years as uh, doing some form of media within the Ledgestone event. And so I, I very much have had this tie and there's this special connection to this event more so than most of our other events. And it, it also kind of gives me a little bit of a, a break, not from not because I don't enjoy enjoy or love the work I'm doing, but it just gives me a different perspective for a weekend. And it's 
I, I helped a lot with the Instagram stories, and I did some other things with Nate, worked with Hannah, T-Box. Yeah, it's just a different perspective. And in other years, I've had a slightly different role. Um, so that's what I was doing. I, I think that answers the question, but um, it, it's very unique, and it is not the, the common practice uh, f- for events. So it's a, it's a very fair question. Uh, also, some of the other things I did, uh, I think about, uh, I was host to the skins match that took place. Not skins, sorry. The uh, the St. Jude fundraiser event that happened on Wednesday evening. Uh, sometimes I've stepped in to help out with some of the uh, filming for the ace run, for the $10,000 ace throw off. Uh, there's just a lot of things along those lines where I can kind of uh, fill in. What do you think DGN's current biggest deficit where do you most? Where do you want the most improvement for next year? Uh, races, you think sound could use more attention? Maybe directional mics to catch appropriate moments. I think. I mean, as we know, sound is probably the most difficult thing because there are, there are so many variables. Um, you you have. I would love. Uh, I would love slightly better cameras. Cons- uh, I'll say this: not not necessarily better, more consistent. I want every camera to be the exact same make and model. Every one of them, other than maybe our um, our our slow mo cam and the gimbal cam, because those can't be the same. Because um, sometimes we're like right now we work with post production crews and they have different cameras. And one of the things that they do is they have something uh, they call it the tentacle. It's like a jammer. It's it syncs the cameras up. And on one channel, and you'll hear it sometimes. We try to avoid it, but every once in a while, when we go to a shot and you hear that annoying eh, noise, that's just deafening it's because either the camera on their side maybe put it on the wrong channel or on my side i forgot to mute a channel because i have to mute channel one because the tentacle is usually everything's on channel everything bad's on channel one everything good for us is on channel two one of us has messed it up um because when we do tests in the morning maybe they didn't have the the post-production guys weren't there so we didn't test their their particular camera um, I would love it if we could just get rid of those and have consistent cameras and let the post-production guys use the same cameras. I think it's in the long-term plan. I don't know if that's next year or two years or three years. Um, directional mics are difficult, just like on-course communication is difficult. You're dedicating an entire broadcast to just audio. I, I think it would be awesome to have specific audio for um, like a, like a parabolic mic pointed at whatever players throwing or the conversation they're having. Um, but yeah, balancing the right audio for, um, cause again, we're using all the same cameras when the guy camera six gets done on hole 18 with whatever player he's following, he becomes suddenly the interview camera. And so that that's a different set of, it's a different mic. That's different volume levels for interviews than it is for being on the course. We're still a startup. We're still trying to make, you know, do the best we can with the little resources that we have without, you know, we can't just break the budget and get whatever we want. Or Sam would be so happy because I think Sam would just love to go to B&H photo and buy a whole bunch of shit that, you know, he wants. Um, so yeah, but yes, I think you're right. Audio could always use improvement. I think we're getting much better with Tosi being being able to auto level, not auto, but control levels on his side. So if something's a little hot, he can pull it down usually within a second or two. Um, and then replay has different, you know, the same cameras go to replay, go to us, but sometimes I'll adjust my audio. 
and replay doesn't necessarily like if I push up if we're listening on camera one to a to a conversation I'll push it up and then it'll be louder and then we go to replay and it's quieter and it's very difficult audio is not fun and any audio engineer will tell you that and I I do not envy their job at all but I think we do an okay job I won't even call it good yet I think we're doing okay with audio um, but we're getting there it's just it's a little learning curve there are other there are things I think we can add in. That we've that Smashbox had uh, years ago that I think could help out. Um, there's there's a bunch of plugins that take up CPU resources that will do kind of auto leveling to a specific level, but then you run into the issue of oh cool you auto leveled the background the cameras for background audio but now you want to try to force them up because you've got uh, you've got conversations happening so now that the system automatically wants to push it down. Um, but I I see that with commercials. Because I would either the night before the broadcast or the morning of, I'd be leveling commercials because every company, even though we send them, hey, we want them in 60 frames per second, 1080p, um, and preferably at negative 12 decibels or whatever the, the, the thing is now. It doesn't matter. These, a lot of these companies just, they, they, they don't understand some of that. They just send you a, a commercial. And it could be it could be in 4K. It could be in, you know, uh, 720, you know, I, I've seen it. We've all seen it. The commercials that are way too big and they're cut off on the corners as you see the, the words come off the screen. It's because the, you know, we were in a hurry or the, the company sent us the wrong size uh, commercial or it's super loud. And we, maybe we missed auto leveling it or maybe we missed leveling it in general. And now Chelsea has to manually do it. it it's a lot of work. And then, you know, it, there's a reason why, you know, when you go to ESPN, Mo literally would tell me, he's like, you know, my one job was just to like, you know, create this one graphic over and over and over or whatever he did. You know, I had to just pull, you know, this file from this system. I, we had one person to do one little thing because everyone specialized because it's that important these days. But yeah, it's difficult. I, I would love more attention put to audio, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I don't know what the, I don't know what the DGN's biggest thing is again I'm, I'm excited for later this year i think you guys are gonna be pretty excited it's good. there's gonna be some kind of cool things coming up all right next up uh scout recycler asks how, anybody know how pages documentary is doing on dgn that would be also kind of a i don't want to say a, a good running follow-up but i think a little check-in as to uh some form of update on that there every, were a few th- every I, I week or every other week thought i heard there were at least a few thousand downloads but i don't know the exact number yeah that could uh, be 1500 that could be 5000 yeah i, I, don't, I don't know the exact numbers and unfortunately i didn't think to ask but uh that would be a good question to have at the ready um possibly for the next few weeks and then just see also where the progression is and what's going on with it and just kind of get some kind of a status update it is I, I should put that on actually a set of notes to like ask for some form of status update to report back to everyone weekly. I'd be all about it. We didn't really even touch on the documentary in the regular show or here in the after show. I would be curious to know of your thoughts, what you guys, um, you know, what you guys thought of it. And if there's any other quick takeaway that we really need to bring up or discuss about it. Uh, I really enjoyed doing the Q and a that took place on Wednesday night. Um, having both, uh, the director in Wilson and then having Paige on there. Uh, almost all the questions that were read were pre uh, were sent in. And then I was just kind of literally just poking around at, at this list of 50 questions and just trying to see one that was like, Oh, that looks like a good question. And then ask it. As, we only got to 
roughly a dozen of them. And again, there was a little dis, uh, discrepancy. No, there was a little, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Uh, liberty taken on my part as to, you know, I felt it was much more to ask a question about the documentary that was relatively specific as opposed to, um, you know, what would you tell a, a 13 year old trying to get sponsored? Like just with relative to the subject matter Yes, if I saw both of those questions back to back, I went with the one that was more specific to the um more sp- specific to the documentary and we would have needed another 2 or 3 hours to go through every single question that was in there. Uh so also to just put that out there. I was told to give you a little bit of a hard time. Okay. Mo said that um I believe you guys started at something like uh 7:55 or something, 8:55, I forget the exact time. But at whatever, 840, he said, okay, Terry, wrap it up. And Mo's like, we didn't end until like 905 or 9. Yeah, like 20 minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like Terry's like, it was supposed to be like, does he not understand what wrap it up means? I'm no. like, well. Have you not seen her show? That's what I told him. I'm like, Mo, you kind of know what you're getting into when it comes to us. He's like, I know, but give him a hard time for me. I said, that's I, fine. I will do that. He can. So that that is the hard time I'm going to give you, Terry. Yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, there was a ton more questions and the conversation from both Wilson and Paige, I thought was just wildly enlightening and on point. If I felt like it was dragging on, I would have been more inclined to be like, okay, let's let's wrap this thing up. Uh, I just, you know, to pat them on the back, I thought they were doing just such a great job and it was really engaging. So that's, that's why I didn't instantly wrap it up on his part. Too bad, Mo. You run it next time. Uh, <laughs> reading along uh, a few more of them. I'm ready to turn to 2024 will be the eligible for masters. I hurt my neck sleeping last week and out of commission for four days. Sam. Yeah. Heal up. I was just saying today that, uh, or thinking yesterday or, or the last few days. There, I don't know if I need some major pillow adjustments or what, but my neck's also not been doing well lately. What kind of pillow do you like? Do you like a big fluffy pillow no, or I, do you like like a real like skinny paper? No, I hate skinny, tiny little pillows, but the pillow uh, that I used last night was, it, it was, I don't know, it's not memory foam, but like mm. it's thick and and firm and it also still made my neck hurt. And it's not like this is anything new. So I don't know what's going on with my sleeping lately. Uh, what I don't like, because I like are some of the really pillows. nasty hotels that I've been to where it literally feels like four or five, usually dirty T-shirts are just bundled together and thrown into a pillowcase. I've been to too many hotels that feature that um, as some as their form of a pillow where you pick it up. And the way it squishes, it feels like there's, oh, yeah, they put like five T-shirts in here. Some, some old towels. <laughs> that's what, um, yeah, that's what it feels I, like. I generally like a very thin yeah. paper-like pillow with not a lot of padding. Um, just, just give me just just enough to barely lift my head off the pillow, off the off the mattress, I mean, and I'm good with that. When I go to a hotel, you know, you, you go in and there's like six pillows on the bed and all I'm thinking is like, okay, which one is the smallest? That's the goal I go for. Yeah, what is the I, smallest I go pillow? For the, the other ones I usually like 
body pillow wrap. I like up the ones where you put your head down and it like takes a while for them to sink all the way mm. in. Those those are the I ones got, I no, got like. no time for that. <laughs> uh, all right, Ray is saying I'm really just forwarding the complaints I heard from Charlie on the Upshot earlier today. I will bridge the gap so Smashbox can react same day. I'm not sure. Uh, what the complaints were? I th- well, these are some of the questions. Oh, he's some been of the asking. minor delay between the booth and the action. There's about a half second delay currently. Oh, yeah, that's, more than that. It's about it's about a, it's about a second to a second. Yeah, I mean that unfortunately is is a much bigger, larger, expensive, challenging fix than if, anyone probably realizes because everyone thinks that you can just. Like click a button and delay. Like, oh, hey, just clap your hands together can't, or something. And can't you just click delay video? It, and it's yeah. like, no, you can't because if you do that, you literally delay every single thing on video. So every interview, every commercial is off by a second and a half. And on top of that, as I've said, and I, I don't want to harp on this because I've gone over this a thousand times, but I know we always have new new listeners. Um, the delay between the booth and the what they see fluctuates because it's a best um basically best serve so sometimes it might be 200 milliseconds sometimes it might be 800 milliseconds that fluctuates based on the internet conditions so if if charlie is remote in new york and he's got great internet awesome and that's 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 great for them brian on the other hand maybe is in a hotel room in des moines and his internet's not so good and so his his feed might literally be 200 milliseconds off Charlie's. How do how do you exactly equate the delay for that? Because it, it will fluctuate because it could get better. So there are ways I've talked about this. There are ways to cut down that delay. But they're very difficult and they're expensive and they rely on our commentators being in one spot together. Now, that could be one spot in Ben. That could be one spot in New York. It's much more difficult for Silver Series when the people are split up. But I also kind of feel Silver Series. I don't care if this if the stuff is two seconds behind in Silver Series. Because they're Silver Series events. They're literally our second tier events. I want them to be as good as they can be. But we also don't spend the extra money to fly everybody to one location. So we we settle for broadcasters that are in different locations that are on a back channel communication that talk to each other so that they can sync up as opposed to using the, the web interface. Like it's just, it's a, it doesn't get the resources that the elite series get. And I could cut the delay in half if we really, really wanted to spend a little extra money. And I trusted that all the commentators understood how remote desktops work and they could spin up a server and look at it. And like, I would trust Nate Dawson to do that in a heartbeat, but necessarily trust everybody to do that i don't trust terry nope nope (laughs) um so in general it's it's possible to cut it down it is literally impossible to get it in sync unless the commentators are in the same location as the director as me because that's the only way you have that low of a delay connecting anytime you connect anywhere else even over a fiber connection you're going to have some millisecond delay and i think we could get away with up to Four to 500 milliseconds, that's half a second, and no one would really care or notice. But the way things work right now, that's doubled because the signal has to go there, and then their audio has to come back. So that could be anywhere from a second to a second and a third. So, eh, like, 
there are other things I, I would put my efforts into. And I, and again, you talk to Charlie, you talk to Ian. They sometimes I feel like they think that's the number one problem DGN has. That ain't the case. Like it sucks, but I don't like I care, but I don't care enough. I would I would fix ten other things before I fixed that. Because you know what? The other thing I said is guess what commentators shouldn't ever be doing. And Terry sometimes does this, but he's pretty good at it. Uh, Philo does this. Ian does this. Um, other guys do this. They cheer for the fucking discs. Ooh, don't go, don't go, don't go out. And by the time it's out, it's two seconds ago. Guess what? A, you shouldn't be cheering for discs in general. No, you shouldn't. You're a commentator. You're you're in general. It should be a, a, a an unbiased. I'm cheering standard. for the best possible outcome. What if the best possible outcome is Paul McBeth going out of bounds to make it a better competition for against Ricky Wysocki coming into hole 18? Nope. So you you want the best score? I want everybody to get the best score possible. Okay, well, that's silly. Um, so so and anyway, you shouldn't be cheering. You should watch what the disc does and then tell me what happened, or tell me the results, or tell me the storyline. Now, don't go like oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry, we're not we're not AM radio, we're not baseball radio. Where you've got homers, and I love AM radio. I Bob Euchre is one of my favorites. But the dude is a homer for the Brewers. That's what AM radio, or maybe FM, depending on your area, that's what the radio broadcasters are for. But I'll tell you what, you, you, you don't hear, in theory, Joe Buck cheering for a team. So should you, and, and by that like, same nature, should like you... If, if Aaron Rodgers goes back for a pass and throws it, he's not going, oh, 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 he's going to catch it, he's going to catch it. No, the dude catches it, he goes... And he scores, and then Joe Buck tells you what happened and how that affects the game in the future. Don't go fucking cheering for shots because you're going to look stupid when it's already rolled out of bounds and you're cheering or hoping it doesn't. Well, I, I don't I I understand your frustration with, and that's part of the two second delay. Yeah, I was just going to say, still, I, under, it I, I understand still don't want you to do it. more so the frustration when you're saying from a technical perspective of people are seeing what's already happened and then the voice doesn't catch it. I totally understand mm-hmm. that. And uh, ever since learning of the uh, the delay, I absolutely try to avoid doing just that. Yeah. Because, you're, and you're uh, better at it. Just, because, just like you said, you know if, if a disc gets up and skips and you've already seen at home that it's come to rest... And I'm still, or or it's still, whatever, whatever. And I'm commentating. I get, I understand all of that. I think there is always an interesting conversation to be had about um, what is considered bias or unbias, and like you said, cheering for any given shot solution or outcome. Or outcome yeah, like, like I get it. If a disc is rolling and a, and a commentator says that has to sit down or it's going to go ob, mm-hmm. that's not cheering. That's statement. It's a fact. Yeah. But going again, like literally, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down, sit down that's cheering. That, that that is some sort of um, wishing on a result. I don't want to see that as a com as a as a listener. I don't want a commentator to do that. Now again, m- maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm 100 percent wrong. Disc golf doesn't have to be like every other broadcast. That's one. That's another thing I've told Mo. Like Mo and I, we look at golf and I watch it for different reasons. Listening to their commentators. I don't necessarily think we have to be like like every other commentator. We can carve our own path. Yeah, if may, may, maybe, and maybe I'm 100 percent wrong in this. And everybody wants to hear 
our players root and cheer and hope for the best for all of our players. And, you know, oh, great. You know, it's another blowout. Good for Ricky. You know, maybe that's the chance. Maybe that's what people want. And I'm wrong. I'm fully well to admit that. No, no, it's but, clearly that it's not but, the case because you, you, um, it, you could be cheering for any given person and just knowing that there's a percentage of the population that's watching that dislikes that person. So by you cheering for them, you're, you're ticking off yeah. that fan or anti-fan or whatever you want to call it. It, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, I I don't have a problem with what you're saying. I think it makes perfect sense. I think there's probably a fine line, as you're saying, as to what feels like um, <laughs> how biased is it when you're saying sit down, uh, sit down, don't roll OB, don't roll OB. You're not biased towards a particular player. You're biased towards a result. Like, I yeah. get it because you're going to cheer for everybody. It doesn't matter yeah. if the person's in first, yeah, second or fifth. I'll tell you, you're never going to hear me do something like. Oh, that's Missy Gannon. Oh, it's rolling. Oh, sit down, sit down. And then and then Kristen Tatar throws. I'll be like, oh, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep rolling. Like, yeah. you're clearly never no. going to hear me. You're, because if if anything yeah. of, of that nature is said, it's in hopes or thought of the best possible outcome for that given player. But I, I totally understand what I, you're saying. I, I just, and again, partially it's part of the 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 delay that I think everybody understands now and I've told every commentator like try not to cheer yeah. try not to root for things because you have to understand a lot of times by the time you see it it's already happened yeah. so so just just think of that because like it or not you're going to sound dumb someone's going to comment it on reddit and then you're going to come back to me and be like oh god we need to get this fixed yeah Why well we do like but we don't <laughs> Like, we should. We sure if 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 funds I mean, were unlimited. Uh, well, I of course, of yeah, course. I'm yeah. just saying, but uh, of course, I understand yeah. the challenge. I also want a new roof on my house, Terry. Okay, just do it. Funds are not limited. Like I, it's just, I, I actually don't need that. A roof, doesn't but. mean, but if you wanted a new roof, you would work to get a new roof. I wouldn't say, oh, you want a new roof? Well, yeah, put one if, on tomorrow. Cool. If I tell I'm you, I'm not saying that either. But that doesn't negate that you still need a new roof, even if funds are limited and you can't do it tomorrow. That doesn't n- negate the idea that it shouldn't get fixed. It needs to still get addressed. Sure, and someday. I still want it to get addressed. Sure, someday. I mean, just to say, well, it it currently is a problem, and well, it it's, but it's not it's a, not my top concern. Therefore, we don't. I'm not worried about it getting fixed. So, I don't know if so, I agree with so that. Here, True example, my roof. My roof had, had has drippage on one side. It literally has... We put gutters on today. Gutters went on today. Okay. Um, I addressed the situation with what is arguably... A Band-Aid. A Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. At some point, in hopefully 10 to 12 years, my roof will probably have to be fixed and, and, and tore off. But for now, it's in good shape. That's how I feel about this problem. Like, cool. Guess what? It works. There is nothing truly technically wrong with it is it an inconvenience for some people eh. but again like that's like arguing that the, the oh guess what our color our colors in our broadcast aren't perfect yeah so oh, you let, would want to work so we would want to fix those, it but if i told you, you just got done saying if I you told would you, like them to all look yeah, the same i would but if i told you it's going to be a hundred thousand dollars to fix that that's the cheapest we can do it 
Like, where does that go on our priority list? Because that's I, I what don't this know. is. I this, don't make the budget. I know this is a very, to me, very, very, very low priority issue. To you, delay. correct. And I don't make and again. To me, I feel differently. Yeah, and we don't make the priorities <laughs> exactly. Like, and nor do we write the checks. No, we don't. Or pay any of the bills. Nope. We so don't. it's it's somewhat irrelevant. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's fair to say. Your priority list of fixes or challenges yes. might look very different from and our, mine. And our you get different criticisms online than I get 100%. online. Yep. So it's, the difference, it's, it's the, fair to say we have yep. different. Yep. Yeah. The difference here. is you can fix yours by just literally changing your what you do, just by how you speak. Uh, my, I can address it. I can compensate, not necessarily fix. I can compensate. Correct. You can make that to make it better. You can make it so people don't notice. Um. Yeah. With a, I, I with a largely. So isn't that largely fixing the problem? It. No. Haven't no, we? No. 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 Haven't we fixed that's bandaging the, the problem? Uh, that's, that's what you say. That's not fixing it. That's what you say. Right. Sure. Haven't you? Haven't I fixed the problem by telling you how to do it without making everyone? I have, I like, is the problem the two second delay or is the problem the commentators? You don't, I mean, I'm not, that's, that's in general. I'm not saying I'm, all I'm saying is that there is a problem. It can be fixed with a crap ton of money and resources Mm -hmm. and trying to fix something, or it could be fixed by just me telling you don't get so excited so quickly. Yeah. I, I don't disagree that that's. So there is one a, way there is a solution one way to combat <laughs> the the or address the problem. Absolutely. Sure. Or it could be fully fixed. Cool. It's what I just did. I just plugged a hole in your tire. Yeah, exactly. That tire will run for another 10,000 miles. Is it as good as new? Not quite as good as new. <laughs> but guess what? You're not if you can plug a tire, Terry, you're not going to get a brand new tire right away. Uh, not right away, but I'm going to want to get it fixed. At some point. You did. You plugged it. Got a nice I'm going to want to get it like fixed you or get replaced. A new, you want to get a new tire. I'm going to want to get a new tire because that's what you should do. Sure. But are You're you going to want to get a new roof, but some, you might not do it tomorrow because funds are limited. I get it. I know. And I'm not saying go out <laughs> and get a new roof tomorrow, but ideally you'd like to get a new roof. Yeah. That's a lot better than putting up a gutter. No, oh, sure. You did. Sure. Yeah. We put up gutters because the, the, we have a flat roof and it was dripping at certain spots. And in order to fix, like, if you want it, if we wanted a truly perfect flat roof, it technically is supposed to have a tight, a touch pitch to it. And then it can drain into the spots on the roof where it's supposed to. But because it would cost me literally, I think they said $30,000 to do that, to tear the roof off the house and put a new flat roof on and everything. We decided that we would pay just, you know, a few grand for gutters. Like, cool. Got to, you know, and just pop some gutters on it where where we knew the drippage was. So it'll last that'll last 10 years and not I won't have to think about it. So, yeah, and that's kind of how I, I mean, feel. Yeah, about this we could definitely pass the problem on to someone else. Oh, I'm tr- I'm passing it on to future John because <laughs> I'm not moving out of this house. Future John gets that problem. But anyway, so, yeah, so there's the, the two second delay. That's my that's my perspective. And and it's I understand for a commentator, it's difficult to to not try to immediately react to what you see on screen. And I think that takes training. I think that takes understanding and training. And I think our commentators can do it because I do like, and I think most of our commentators are really good. Um, but as I've said, I've heard this complaint before about the two second delay and everybody in the pro tour knows about it. And from my perspective, everyone above me has decided that this isn't an issue because nobody, I'll say nobody above me has ever asked me about it. 
other than Mo, mm. and I've explained it to Mo. And the only people that have uh, requested it to get like think that needs to be immediately fixed are people that don't make those decisions up there. So, well, so just because uh, just because higher ups don't agree with the decision doesn't necessarily mean it's the right decision either. You're right. I, I agree. Right. I think the government, for instance, makes a <laughs> lot of decisions that I think most of the common folk don't necessarily agree with. Sure. Uh, you're, that you're, could benefit them in a lot of ways. You're 100% right. All right. So does anyone know which touring di- uh, pro... Whoa. Does anyone know which touring pro ties their cat up to their van? It was a dynamic disc oh. van. Friend cat walked up to me and I gave fr- him some pets. Friendly cat? Uh, Lisa Fakus has a cat, yeah, but, but she's, she's not DD. Yeah, she's got... And and Holly Finley has a cat. She's, she's also not. with Innova. Um, Maybe somebody who's cat sitting. It could have been. Um, I don't. I mean, there's only. A was it Katrina th- Allen? Was that the cat that walked up and you were friendly to it? I mean, I don't, oh, hi, cat. Uh, no more comments. Um, uh, Jonathan Nicholson has a DD wrapped van, and that's what makes me think that he's the most likely. And then obviously, Waisaki's van, which I'm pretty sure you'd pick out. Jonathan Nicholson is the is the is the one that comes to mind because I feel like he's the other major DD Chris Clemens van out there. Ah, that's a good one. It could be. Ryan, I don't know from Ryan Pilcher. Is, is that on his van? Is his van wrapped, or is his van kind of low key? Either way, Chris Clemens might be the, the caprit, the cap culprit. <laughs> what kind of know. cat is he? Um, but Chris Clemens does have a cat, and does is on tour and throws DD man. I feel like there's a this is a game of clue <laughs> or something like that. Uh, uh, live coverage is fine. Two years ago, improvements are nice, but I don't need any more to enjoy it. Okay, I, we appreciate the, your low bar, Carney. Uh, Thanks, Carney. I appreciate, appreciate that. that. <laughs> like we're good now. We're good forever. It's in disc golf to root for good shots. I'm always rooting for him. I like Dust from Gatekeeper because he has a unique approach to post. Get him on live if you want to be ballsy. And uh, I, Ray, I, how much how much did you get paid for the the sponsoring? The I post? actually uh, just, just a couple of weeks ago I did recommend Dust for something for live. So love it. Um, I don't know if that's going to go anywhere because I don't make those decisions. But I did say, hey, if you're looking for someone to maybe help something out, I think Dust would like a shot. Yep, there you go. So shout I, out if Dust, you're, if you're listening, I, I, I threw your name out there for something. But nobody listens to you. Nobody knows. Uh, all right. Um, if everything is up and up, why do we have such a long discussion on these various topics? Um, the only so, topic I need to question anybody on is: Are you a Patreon supporter? Because you should be. I give I give away all of these hot takes, all of these phenomenal, phenomenal insights. ideas and insights. These A one suggestions background information everything uh, I, breakdowns i give it away give it away give it away now uh and if you're not home and home tips home improvement tips uh, to, to defer your frustrations and costs for 10 years yeah. johnny's got those yeah because my roof doesn't leak so i got no problem with the roof but anyway um i give all these out for quote-unquote free but you know what you can pay me for these and if you're not basically paying me for these you're probably stealing my information mm-hmm. yes. so yes. I, I, if, you, if you're not paying for the podcast at patreon.com slash smashbox tv you're more or less stealing right from terry and look at him he mm-hmm. can't he can't afford to be stolen from no 
So, I cannot miss a meal, folks. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said in general, you can't be afforded to be stolen from. Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV is where you can go to support this podcast. Um, and so we can do it every week and give you all the insights. So tomorrow that I can uh, I can do. I'm going to try, try some auto body work. It's going to be kind of scary. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Wow. Um, anyway, folks, this is getting good. It's going to be good. You I'll, should I'll definitely you. go live for that. No, I should not. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little later. But we have 170 people eligible for this giveaway. Um, I have sorted the names by address. Mm. Some do, some don't have address. So they don't have an address, they're at the bottom of the list. If they do have an address, they're at the top of the list. But they're sorted in reverse order of number. So they start with technically an S, um, because I believe that's someone overseas. That's Enzo. And then it goes P.O. boxes, and then a couple other letters, and then all the numbers, 908-8880, all those numbers. So that's how that works. And then at the bottom of the people who do not... uh, have addresses in the Patreon system. So Terry Miller, we are giving away um, the box that's on. I think we have two giveaways this week, actually. Maybe. Um, Yeah, did we not do one? We did not do one last week because you were not here. Yep. So we've got a Patreon giveaway. And actually, you know what? Is there something? Grab that. Grab that. That whole pile right there, Terry. We'll give away two of these items. Mm. So one of them is going to be the disc member box. Disc member. And the other, I forget what this disc is. Do I want this one? Um, oh yeah, no, we're going to give away this one right here. The other one is going to be this Skyline 2019 Star Wraith signed by all the celebrities that were at the celebrity event. And this is significant. I should, I should have waited until next week because I think the uh, celebrity event is going to drop next week. What? Somebody just asked me about it. I didn't have the answer. uh, It's because it's supposed to drop in the week, whatever weekend there isn't any inform any broadcast so i think mm. after des moines but before worlds yep that would be next week so i believe that's when this is that's when it's going to drop so this maybe it's rightly timed but maybe not mm. um anyway so you'll get it right in time so all the signatures on here were the pros uh i'm sorry not the pros but the celebrities that were at the event um and you can figure out who those are based on their celebrity even it's got a dg guy right in the middle oh my gosh got a dg i have another one too i've got this, this funky farms one that i'm keeping for me I'm greedy, mm. and I took the time to have them signed. Um, but anyway, so these two items. The first one we're going to give away is going to be the disc member box, Terry. Oh my gosh! Yeah, disc member, Terry. What number do we want to pick? Well, I think um, I don't know. I just watched an Instagram. Paul McBeth's apparently also trying to throw uh, pitches at the uh, little game there in that, um <laughs> do we want him at to a bl- game blowing out his arm yeah exactly at a game uh and in the uh extracurricular activities area uh through a pitch that got to 82 so we'll, let's let's go with two because two that makes a lot of all sense. right <laughs> that's close enough uh the first number is 131 second number is going to be probably lower than that it is 83 oh so close to the number i said too 83 yeah you said 82 speed so 83 is david hurd congratulations david hurd you got the disc member box that a boy david david hurd i'm gonna write that right on here david good call so i don't forget uh david Put the date on there. 816. 8-16-2022. Okay. So now we have another giveaway. We've got the oh my gosh, celebrity disc. Um, I will not sign that celebrity disc because I did not participate. And I am not apparently a celebrity. So mm, No. 
Wait a minute. Billy Lund's out on the board. Billy, I already called out your name once this year. That was a few minutes ago. We did. Or a little earlier. And now you're on the board saying uh, thanks for the entertainment. Send in love from across the pond. Good luck. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Games. Uh, represent the United States to the best of your ability. And like I said, if you don't win, don't bother coming home. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, Billy Lund. Billy, Billy, Billy. All right. So our next one, Terry, we're going to give away the celebrity disc so what what number should we draw for that one uh let's go with mm, number the third poll the third poll all right so our first one is 128 our second one is 117 our third one is 99 99 nine times bueller nine times uh this is wow i'm gonna have a hard time pronouncing this name um Kirill like a Bukowski Bukowski I'm gonna go with Bukowski Kirill Bukowski thank you Kirill we'll get that disc to you congratulations All right. yeah I like it yeah so congratulations I don't think I've I haven't said that name before so no I, I definitely like it he's a two dollar support level so oh that's what I forgot to do Ooh, I'm sorry Marcus Burks I forgot to update the, oh my gosh the list I'm gonna do that tonight I'll update the the thank you list so this well, is this is a special a, shout out. Yeah, this is a verbal shout out to Marcus Burns, who is a uh, he's a ten dollars supporter, and what? he he called me out last week as he, he should because he was like, I don't see my name on that list, and, and son of a, I I somehow missed because I updated it I think a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, and somehow his name didn't get on. I don't know how I screwed up clearly. Um, I well, think maybe I only added the only added the two dollar members on that time instead of everyone two dollars and above. Uh, and I said I was going to do it, but I didn't. So Marcus Burks, uh, first of all, hope all the Burks family is doing very well. Second of all, I'll get your name on there. I promise. Thank you. Uh, some questions have been asked. I th- I think this is um, it was maybe already announced a long time ago. But yes, the Disc Golf Pro Tour finale is scheduled to be again in the Charlotte area, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I I don't know if it's the exact same course that we've been seeing for the last couple of years, I would have to assume so, but that's nothing more than a silly assumption on my part. October 13th through the 16th uh, is when you will see the uh, disc golf pro tour championship. Um, Charlotte is what's listed. Now Charlotte's got a ton of great courses. Pretty sure it's going to be at the same one. I heard they're going to do different holes at different courses. Mm. So hole play one, like two holes, then travel. Yeah. So then go to another course, do play two holes, go to another course. Um, I hope nobody minds the, uh, the three day round one. <laughs> uh, it'll be just fine. So, um, yes, Charlotte, that's what I can tell you. I don't think I'm scheduled to, maybe I, I don't know. I might be in the booth. Somebody did ask about, I think we talked about it. Um, earlier, but somebody asked regarding, at least this weekend, I can tell you, it's myself and Valerie Jenkins. Then in the afternoons, it's going to be myself, Nate Doss, along with Nate Sexton, I believe. So it'll be all of us. That'll be the three days of this weekend on the ground then that leaves either Brian Earhart or uh, Nate Perkins, but I'm almost 99% positive it's Earhart. So I believe Brian Earhart's Earhart is going to be out on the course. So that's what you're going to see for the commentary team this weekend. And then for the Worlds, I believe it is scheduled as the same as it was last year, which is Charlie Eisenhood, 
likely along with Hannah is he, I, I I'm just gonna stop because I don't know I know I'm not in the booth I know that much <laughs> um, so to know for sure who is or isn't um, I can't speak to that but I'm pretty sure uh, I know that I am not so that's all I need to know <laughs> I'm gonna be there on the course but I am not in the booth all right. Um, cannot be at Hornet's Nest by the city orders. They have another event in the park. Big motocross. Okay. You, you might be right. You might be wrong. I have no idea. You seemingly know more than than what I do. I, you may I be right. I just you know may that be crazy. Yeah. Um, has Elaine quit yet? N- uh, no. Um, if so, I did not see. Not that I probably would see her letter of resignation, but I think it's already been announced multiple times. So I don't know if it's, again, back to this comprehension or or possibly retention challenge for you, Disc Blaster, uh, but it has been announced multiple times that uh, whatever was scheduled at the beginning of the year in terms of uh, commentator roles and duties, uh, in fact, I think it's even been published somewhere. So I could go find the answer you were looking for earlier. Um, but anyone that had scheduled uh, and was put on the schedule remains on the schedule. Um, including all of our people. Have you been fired yet? Not yet. Me neither. How is that possible? I have no clue how we haven't been fired. <laughs> Either one of us. That doesn't make sense. Uh, um, I was just going to try and look and see if there was actually... There, somewhere it's been posted. I know that I've... Oh, DGN Live Talent. Here we go. Holy what, cow. What? Yeah, I, I knew it. Had, this is post. This was posted months ago, wow. and it was actually made very public that it was posted. It's out on the Disc Golf Pro Tour page. It's not cool. exactly hidden. Um, Des Moines. Yep, yep, yep. Brian Earhart. Um, Green Mountain Championship shows Brian Earhart um, on the course, and then myself and Nate and Val. Same thing for MVP. And then uh, the Tour Championship oh, also has me in the booth. So, holy cow, it looks like I'm in the booth a lot for the next couple of weeks. And Silver Great. Series, special events, yeah, so on and so forth. Uh, this does not list the... Oh, it does list the World Championships. Uh, it currently shows me as on-course analysis. Ian Anderson in the booth, along with Nate Doss and Brian Earhart. The FPO shows Charlie Eisenhood, Val Jenkins, and Elaine King. So... Almost exact duplicate, except for last year, I believe, Hannah Macbeth was in the place of where Elaine King is. Mm. So that's what you have. Yeah, I'll post it. I'm going to post that on our page. Uh, yes, Charlie's good. Uh, stroking the whole card for slow play. Give uh, Marshall gives a warning, then the whole card is responsible for speeding a play. I feel that's kind of similar to how golf has done it at one time yeah, or another. I'd be okay with something like that. Um, sure. It's still, it's funny because it still brings an awkwardness. What if, what if, we'll play pretend here. The whole card is, they're behind, you know, X amount of time to the next card. Marshall comes over and says, hey guys, I'm officially giving you your entire card a warning for slow play. You guys are playing too slow. Uh, next time I come over, if, you know, with, I don't know, half hour from now, if you're still this far behind, you're considered playing too slowly and the whole card gets stroked. What happens when three guys play really fast and the fourth guy just 
takes forever. Or or maybe plays normal speed, the three guys. And the fourth person continues to take forever. I mean, what are you supposed to do to I, that fourth person? Are you I don't are like, you still able to are you still able to individually stroke that person? Or are you just supposed to like go over to their bag and be like, here's your disc, throw. No, I don't I don't How like How does that work? I don't like the idea of stroking an entire card. Because what if it's literally one person? I I, th- I think that if, if a marshal is called over, he gives you know, in our play pretend world, marshal's called over because of slow play, they notice whatever reason, comes over and warns the card. And then at that point, everybody on that card has a warning. The next time, if if it continues, the marshal comes over and monitors who's who's actually doing slow play. And if someone, if you don't speed up when the marshal's there, you get a stroke individually. And at that point, I look again. We're, uh, who's the fastest player on tour? Mm, on tour, Michael Johansson. Michael Joe, kind of on tour. Yeah, Michael Joe's on that card. And he gets stroked because we have a very slow player, or he gets warned because we have a very slow player on. When the marshal comes back, Michael Joe has a warning on him, whether he likes it or not, even if he's super fast. And if for whatever reason Michael Joe has to take a minute for a shot, it sucks. But you know, and, and he gets he gets penalized for that. That's too bad. Like because Michael Joe had the opportunity in the first place to whoever was being slow, if it wasn't him, to warn that person. And give them a stroke ahead of time. Because if you warn that person, it'd be interesting to say, if Michael Joe warns a slow player, the marshal then later comes over and says, cool, you're all getting a warning. Does that person who's already been warned then get a stroke? I don't know. It, it's something that we're going to have to work through and figure out. But I, I, I think we'll figure something out. I think, there'll be, I think over the next couple of years, you're going to see some shifts and changes in how this works out. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and I'll quickly just add on uh because it was such a topic of conversation obviously last week or the last couple Gannon of weeks. Gannon Burr was Gannon. awesome. Yeah, from from what I saw anytime I was anywhere near Gannon in his card, uh he was moving outside of the tee shot on the final round of hole at uh, hole 1 uh where I felt like there was like six resets and and I'm sure if you timed it it would have been over. Which just all I kept thinking is, oh, that's not a good start. That's not a good start. We're on hole one. We're on the tee of hole one. Yeah. Um. But seriously, uh, I I can't commend Gannon enough. Whatever steps he's taken personally to to massively and clearly his play hasn't suffered from it. In fact, I think he was even stated as saying, uh, "I feel like it it's helped me." I just want to say, hats off, congrats. Please, please keep at it. Um, and that's that goes to anyone. Um, very much appreciated, and you can tell he's trying. Yeah, clearly, and and I've always felt like he does not. Uh, I don't feel like he's doing it intentionally. He just loses track of time. And again, intent isn't really the matter at this point. But much, much, much better. And I didn't see every shot of his this weekend, but what I did see was him moving at a very, very. Uh, I don't, you wouldn't call it swift, but no. at a very normal, normal pace. average pace. Yeah. Yeah. And that, by in my book, checks out just fine. And the last thing I will quickly say, because it's also consumed so much of the internet, mm. in disc golf, I'm the first guy to say I'm, I'm usually, and, and maybe oh. this comes from a very biased position, because I'm often in the know. This time I feel like I'm still in the know. So maybe that's why it's easy for me to say this and be dismissive, but the amount of energy spent on people worrying about two grown ass men being Brody and Paul 
worrying about what their beef is, whose drama, whose fault it was, what grade of junior high we're in. And I know I'm a, I can be, I sound a, a hair hypocritical in the fact that I, I talk and gossip and know of what's going on within the disc golf community. And I'm in a privileged slash good spot to be that, uh, to be there. And I'd, I'd like to think I'm, I'm respectful of all the players and, and the conversations, but by God, people like the amount of posts this week from people that are so concerned about these two, like now, if, if something illegal has happened between the two of them or, or truly like life threatening or some other legitimate issue, and I get it, everybody's curious. I understand curiosity. I certainly do. But by God, the amount of threads started about the beef between Paul and Brody and. Brody apologized for it on Twitter and said he's going to do better and be above the stuff, and that's that's great. I don't even care how they're handling it. I'm I'm now more surprised <laughs> about the amount of adult men and women, usually it's men, that are so concerned. I mean, it's about it's it. Fans, Terry. That's what these people are. It's fans. I get it, and that's and that's what you get that in any sport. If if suddenly. Uh, Devonte Adams was, you know, even with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, like, oh, they're, uh, you know, oh, he went to a different no, city. Did this, like, like that's what that's what all the gossip. And I be. get it; it's, it's the internet. So as soon it's as it's not just as the soon internet, one but, thread dies, it's just like somebody else's. But but but, that's like it's, wow. It's just it, it's what people tend to thrive on. I think it, it's it's somewhere in our DNA where you know you just you you have to know. I get it. I and and maybe. Yep. Maybe I'd understand it more if I if I was more in the dark. I, I don't know. I, I just, man, so many grown-ass adults wanting to know to spill somebody to spill the tea about what's what their beef is. It's it's I don't know. Okay, that's so. that's what I'm gonna say about it. I've managed to to exactly chime in on zero of the threads. It's just like every other hot topic in the sense that you see one thread, it's got 392 comments. Two minutes later, another thread starts. How much are how much is just regurgitating? And thankfully, I just now I, I don't even, I don't read any of them. I just try to keep on scrolling, but it's the amount of scrolling I have to do. All right. Yeah, I don't. Whatever. That's it. So. In the after after show, I'll tell you guys what happened between the two of them. <laughs> it was you. You got between them, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Yes. I am in no way relevant in any of that. <laughs> uh yeah. We're gonna call it. It's been a long night. Thanks for joining us as always. Um yeah, busy week uh over that ledgestone with uh, a ton of great things going on and champions crowned and recrowned and and uh, big checks written, and everybody, like we said, moves down I-80 to head over to Des Moines, and we wish everybody the best over there. It'll be fun to be in the booth making the calls this weekend. Johnny will be pressing the buttons, 
adding more delays to, to the I'm, sound. I'm, I'm going to try like a six. Add like delay. another. Yeah, like this totally, just way off. Way off. Way that off. would be good. Uh, but we appreciate you guys for joining us. Thank you to our Smashies uh, for tuning in. And thank I'm just you hoping I have a drivable all, car. All of our, I'll tell you about it like, <laughs> at the end of tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. All of our, uh, all of our Patreon subscribers and supporters, we love you guys even more. We appreciate Thanks for sticking with us on a long night here. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys this weekend. For Johnny, I'm the Disc Golf Guy. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 